Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Welcome to Holy Week, the week before we celebrate Easter. And perhaps you're listening to this on Good Friday, the day that Jesus gave his life for us. For God so loved the world, my friends, that he gave his only begotten Son that those who believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for saying yes. Thank you, Mary, Mother Mary, for saying yes as well. The great fiat, may it be done to me according to your will. We are grateful for this gift from God. As many have said, and Paul has spoken about, sin entered through one man and salvation entered through one man. Jesus made right what Adam made wrong. And so it's the fulfillment, my friends, the splitting of the veil so that we can enter into fellowship with God without fear and trepidation because Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. Today's topic is entitled, Behold the Lamb of God. This phrase comes from John chapter 1, verse 29. It's actually the words out of John the Baptist's mouth when he lays his eyes on Jesus. He is pointing us, behold, behold, come and see, come look, meditate, land on our Savior, the one who takes away the sins of the world by shedding his blood on our behalf. He is the ultimate sacrifice needed for the forgiveness of our sins. He's the sacrificial lamb. Behold the lamb of God. Revelation speaks about this image as well, many different times. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God. Jesus took it it on. As a lighter statement has said before, he took a hit for the team, and I am so grateful for that. Our learning objective today is that you will reflect and investigate three strongholds the devil uses to separate us from this amazing love of God, for God so loved the world that he gave us his son. So you can be sure, my friends, the the devil is at work wanting to hijack us. And today we're going to focus on three specific strongholds that he uses to keep us from the love of God, the power of God, and the authority of God in our lives. So stick with us today, and you'll walk away with those top three awarenesses. Whatever you become aware of, it loses its grip on you. You bring it out into the light of your awareness. Our mission at Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. One of our foundational verses is Galatians 5.1. Why do we want to champion our human potential in Christ? So that we can embrace the power of Galatians 5.1, my friends. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let us stand firm and not allow ourselves to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. So let's see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Holy Spirit, 
I know that if you don't show up, nothing good will come out of my mouth. You've taught me that before. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. In your sight, O Lord, you are a rock and our redeemer. I pray for everyone that's tuning in today, that they'd walk away with something to remind them of the depth of your love. And that just as a fish swims the ocean, no matter where it swims, it is engulfed by the ocean. We too, Lord, are engulfed by your love. Give us the grace to step away from everything that prevents us from knowing that and allowing that to spill out into our thoughts, our words, and our behavior. You are the emotional, intelligent one. Lead us on, Lord, and thank you so much. There are no words that can describe the agony you felt in the garden. You wanted that cup to pass from you, and you asked for it. Let this cup pass, but not my will, yours be done. Jesus, perhaps there's some listeners today that feel as if they are in the garden. There are circumstances and situations where they would say, Dear Lord, let this cup pass from me. Send your angels, just like God did for you, to strengthen and edify everyone who's listening in that perhaps feels that they are in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying out to God, let this cup pass from me. May your divine love empower us to say, but not my will, yours be done. Whatever you call us to, Lord, you promise to be faithful. So strengthen us in the midst of this earth school struggle that we're in. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the evil forces that are waging war against our soul. Pray for us, Lord. And thank you that you've already overcome all that we feel has overcome us on the cross. Thank you for the gift of your son, Lord. And give us the grace to nail to the cross these three strongholds that we will explore today. In your most precious name we pray, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. The root of sin lies in the refusal to hear the word of the Lord and to accept Jesus, the word of God. The forgiveness which opens us up to salvation. Those words are by Benedict when he reflects and wrote a commentary around the root of sin and attaching it, my friends, to the power of the word of God. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes from hearing. And hearing the word of God, the word of Christ. There is a relationship between faith and hearing the word of God. Think about that for a moment. There is a strong relationship between faith, your faith, my faith, and the ability to hear the word of God, which arises from an encounter with Christ. Frequently in the Old and New Testament, in fact, Many times we see sin described as a refusal to hear the word of God. The word of God. Behold the Lamb of God, who is the word of God, as John wrote out. 
as he wrote the Gospel of John. The Word of God. The Word made flesh. It's hearing his voice and responding quicker today than yesterday. Dear God, give us the grace to hear your voice quicker today than yesterday. To hear the Word of God who consistently The word of God consistently beckons us into communion with himself (laughs) every day. God is the hound from heaven, my friends. As we place ourselves in and with Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit into our time of prayerful reading of the Holy Scriptures, the word of God takes root within our hearts and it casts out concupiscence. Concupiscence is our tendency towards sin. We all have that tendency. And this is where we're going to explore three different serpents that end up being strongholds in our lives that literally come from that, just that little tiny spark, that tendency to sin. As we store God's word within our hearts, our faith increases. Our behaviors are transformed as a result of fashioning our hearts after Jesus. How do we do this? I want a heart like like Jesus. I want to be emotionally intelligent like Jesus. Soaking in his words and the words of his followers. This is how we do it, soaking it in, reading a scripture again and again. If you're struggling with something, look up the scriptures that speak to it and memorize it, soak it in. His followers were inspired to write over and over again wisdom from the word of God made flesh. And that's the scriptures that we have, the whole New Testament, after Jesus died and rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures of the Old Testament. The veil is cut in two, and then we can enter in These are sweet words. This this is the most profound love letter ever written to humanity. They give us victory over these three serpents that seek to kill, steal, and destroy the life that Jesus died to give us. So what are they? You've heard me mention them before. However, because of our human existence, we uh, fall short many times and we need reminders. So here's a reminder. You've heard me speak about jealousy before. That's one of them. Unforgiveness is the second one. And anxiety is the third. So we're talking about jealousy here, unforgiveness, and anxiety. I was reminded again, and it stopped me in my tracks, even though I've thought about this quite a bit in earth school. Ever since I accepted Christ at 17, I've had plenty of earth school classes that I failed (laughs) in the area of jealousy, unforgiveness, and anxiety. So guess what? I got re-enrolled. Shazam! By another experience in life, because God loves us enough not to leave us stuck. So first serpent that leads to a stronghold, jealousy. Now, I listened to Joyce Myers, and she's the one that inspired me to remember these these three strongholds. One of the statements that she made, and I've mentioned this one before, is if I can't rejoice in the success of others, or if you can't rejoice in the success of others, you'll never get yours. That's how Joyce Myers states it. Basically, if you can't be happy for the success of other people over your own, then we will miss out on the mighty work that God's doing in our lives. 
and jealousy leads leads the charge in this area. So what does it mean to be jealous? Let's understand it. Clarity of focus leads to accuracy of response. So when I'm jealous, how do I know that I'm jealous? And and what what is that really about? It's it's really whenever whenever you have this feeling in your gut when someone else has something that you feel you need in order to feel that you're enough, that you have value or that you're safe. Jealousy walks hand in hand with envy. Well, what is what is envy and jealousy? Both of them speak to um, a fear that kind of slithers in to our minds that, oh my gosh, someone might take something away from me of value. My girlfriend, my position, my job, they hired someone 10 years younger than me. Oh my gosh, what if they're planning on replacing me? And perhaps you can relate to that with, with an earth school class. I know that we recently went through through two big earth school classes in that area. My husband and I, when he had a heart attack a month ago, four weeks ago, not that we're counting. And two weeks after that, his company did mass layoffs and he lost his job. So those are two big things that happen in a month. Back in 2006, I was diagnosed with advanced cancer one week prior to my final divorce court date. Two big things happened at the same time. So perhaps you're going through a couple of big things or even one big thing. And there's no rating of these big things, by the way. If they bump your heart, my friends, God is attentive to you. He's close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So come as you are today. Many times when we are going through difficult times, the serpent and the stronghold of jealousy and envy will raise its ugly head. How come they got picked over me? How come they didn't fire them, but they fired me? How come that person chose to date this person over me or be with that person over me? The connections are endless. So what is it for you? Think about that today in the area of jealousy. Just take a moment, even pause this recording, this replay. And think for a moment, invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me where I'm still harboring jealousy. Is there anyone I'm jealous about in my life? Is there anyone that I'm envious of, that, I'm, that they have something that I feel like I need in order to know that I'm enough? Or that they're threatening me in my mind because I'm afraid that they might take away something of value in my life. Good news is, my friends, when you have Jesus, you have everything. You lack nothing. That's the good news. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We have everything. In Christ, we lack nothing. As Paul said, I've learned the secret. Being content in all situations, I throw it all away. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus, my Lord. You are safe, my friend. I can assure you of this, going through extreme suffering myself, even in death, you are safe. Somebody gets picked over you, you're safe. God's got your back. But again, our focus here is on the word of God and linking the word of God to our faith. How do we have that faith? By hearing the word of God. So listen closely today. Lean in to the nuggets that are for you, because Jesus desires to, to set you free from jealousy and envy. So that it doesn't matter what's happening in earth school to people around you. You have that sense of strength 
in Acts chapter one, this is such a great witness to this uh, experience of having your identity grounded in Christ, which is the first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, by the way. Matthias was picked over Barnabas, by the way, because they had to pick another disciple because Judas lost his way, as you know, took his life. And so in Acts 1, the 11 disciples got together, cast lots, Matthias got picked over Barnabas. There was two people in the running. So what did Barnabas do? Can you imagine? I'm sure he wanted to be one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples. He's still a follower of Jesus and a disciple in his own right. However, what he did, he didn't he didn't stew, he wasn't jealous, he wasn't envious, he didn't become bitter. He actually went home and sold everything he had and laid it at, at the disciples' feet, including Matthias. Wow. Now that's freedom, my friends. Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Can we truly, <laughs> we are digging deep. This is a job for Jesus. Say, oh, wow, I'm uh, really happy that you got that position that I really wanted. Now, again, the authenticity comes by grace. Dear God, I'm not there. I'm not happy for this person that got something that I wanted. Because God desires our authenticity. And so you say it, and you don't stay there. And Lord, I don't want to stay here. This is an ugly place. This is a dark place. Deliver me from this jealous, this je these jealous feelings and envy. Whenever we're jealous, by the way, or envious, it's actually an indication of attachments. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, which is a great verse to store in memory, Paul's, Paul's basically calling us out here. He's saying, are you guys still worldly? For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you guys not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Again, in Galatians 1.10, are you still trying to win the approval of men or of God? Are you trying to please man? If you're trying to please man, by the way, you can't be a servant of Christ. So we got to let it all go. All that crapola. We got to release it. And we have to be honest too. Because as we're honest, again, that's where Jesus meets us. Lord, I am so jealous over the fact that this happened or envious that this happened. This is not a good place. I don't want to be here. Help me. What can I do? We can remember, again, the word of God increases our faith. So let's hear the word of God in the midst of our jealousy and envy. Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. James 4, 2 through 3, you desire and you don't get what you have. So you kill, you covet, you can't have what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God. Ooh, and by the way, when you do ask God, you don't receive because... You ask with the wrong motives because you want to spend what you get on your own pleasures. So what's the solution? We read on in James chapter 4. It's a good one. If you're struggling with jealousy, check out James chapter 4. The solution is verse 6. Be humble. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. He goes on, not just once, but several times talking about humility. Because pride is the fuel behind being jealous and envy. I want it all. I don't want you to get something that's mine, that I think should be mine. That's all pride. It's all ego. God knows it. And our little small, scared, egotistical, self-focused way of being a human being, God, God knows all that. And he loves us in the midst of all the mess and enough not to leave us there. So what do we do? Ask for the grace of humility. Pray the litany of humility. 
you've hear me you hear me mention that many times <laughs> and it's a tough one look it up humility litany of humility be humble because god gives grace to the humble submit yourselves to god resist the devil and he will flee from you he continues to say in james chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 draw near to god and he will draw near to you Again, humble yourselves before God and he will exalt you. He will free you from the jealousy jungle. In my book entitled 99 Things You Want to Know Before Stressing Out, I have a whole chapter called The Jealousy Jungle and its impact on our biology. Let's move to the second stronghold serpent that Satan uses to disconnect us from the love of God is unforgiveness. It's a big one. It's a big kahuna, my friends, <laughs> and it's not easy. Believe me, I've been walking through it. So I'm not asking and inviting you to, to do anything that the Holy Spirit is not literally refining my heart and my husband's heart in this area of, un, of unforgiveness, right? Because we want to hurt people that hurt us, no doubt. That's our first reactive response in the flesh. We want to embrace what St. Augustus invites us to do, and that is to give our spirit permission to guide our flesh, rather than letting our flesh hijack us and all kinds of ugly behavior come out. It's not a fun place to be. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Unforgiveness is the second serpent. Here is our motivation, Matthew 6, chapter 14 through 15. If you forgive others, God forgives you. If you don't forgive others, God will not forgive you. Pretty much that's, I don't even have to say anything else. Drop the mic and we're done. <laughs> so if you want to be forgiven, you got to pray for the grace, my friends, to forgive those people who hurt you. It's a job for Jesus. Unforgiveness actually grows bitterness and resentment within the body which is a death sentence. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble. It's actually a poison. As, been, as has been said and quoted many times, when you do not forgive another human being, it's as if you were drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. Jeremiah in Lamentations 3, 4 actually says that his bones were broken from bitterness. Psalm 32, 3 says, um, indicates that unconfessed sins make the bones old and rotten. So we're not talking about unforgiveness um, for others. It's also for ourselves. Do you forgive yourself, my friend? Jesus does. Come to him. Invite the Holy Spirit. Is there any unconfessed sin on this Holy Week and coming into um, Good Friday? Is there anything, Lord, that I am doing that is preventing me from experiencing your love? Because that's sin. It separates us. Jesus desires to bring us back, call us back every time. Watch his behavior. In our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, we have many, many case studies that show how Jesus just entered in to seek and save the lost, those who were hijacked by sin because they were separated from God. Go, your sins are forgiven. Is there anyone here to condemn you? Go. Begin again. Pick up your mat. What's your mat? That's all the stuff that's been holding you down. Pick it up. You lift it up. Don't have it lift you up and keep you imprisoned, you lift it up. Come on, we've got work to do. So Jesus is after our freedom and unforgiveness prevents us from experiencing that freedom. The final serpent and Satan uses that Satan uses to separate us from God's love. We have jealousy, uh, stronghold, we have unforgiveness, stronghold, and they both actually create the third stronghold, which is anxiety. 
it's a fueling it's it's actually a fueling of of worry it's a story that you make up about something in your future that's not even true we mind read we fortune tell we, we we're, we're we're incredible directors of drama in our lives and jesus wants to come back and orchestrate it all for his glory behold the lamb of god my friends who sets us free from all of this jealousy, unforgiveness, which creates the third one stronghold, which is anxiety. So that's the ramification. You're anxious if you're jealous. You're anxious if you're not forgiving. What is anxiety? It's a feeling of worry. It's a story you tell yourself that's not true. It's nervousness, uneasiness, typically about, as I mentioned, uncertain outcomes. And many times you create the drama. It's called fortune telling. You create a story that's not based in reality. It's based in your imagination. So what is this all about? All of this, these three areas that Satan uses to prevent us from experiencing the love of God, jealousy, unforgiveness, and anxiety. What is this all about? Lack of faith. Three things to remember. God provides. If we truly know that God provides, no matter what, Truly, truly know and embrace that with the word of God, because the word of God, when we hear the word of God, my friends, our faith increases. What happens when our faith increases? Miracles are done in our lives. Jesus even declared himself he wasn't able to do miracles in his hometown. Why? Because of lack of faith. So this is a wonderful time, a reset as we meditate upon Jesus, who was crucified for our sins on the cross and died, was buried, was raised again from the dead, and then gave us the great commission, go forth and share the gospels to the end of the world, the message of salvation. So when we truly know that God provides no matter what, jealousy can't exist in that space. Philippians 4.19. And this will all be listed, by the way, these scriptures at edgegodin.com on today's podcast, with today's, the title of today's podcast, Behold the Lamb of God. You'll find these scriptures and other resources that will be listed under today's topic at edgegodin.com. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's the solution to jealousy. If we hear that, my friends, the serpent of jealousy vanishes. No, I'm not going to be jealous of that person because God will supply all of my needs. And if he didn't keep that door open there, then obviously he has something else. So dear God, help me to be attentive to the next open door. You guide me, Lord. No, I have enough, and I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So whatever you call me to, I know you're faithful, God, and you'll do it. Help me to be attentive and to work hard, because I know you say all hard work brings a profit. Help me to work as if I'm working for you, not for man, so that my heart can maintain peace. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. That's the solution verse, my friends, for jealousy. Solution verse for unforgiveness. Romans 12, 19 through 21. It is mine to avenge. I will repay, 
If we truly believe that, my friends, then we can say, Jesus, I trust in you. You take care of everything. Yeah, this is really, really spinning me. I feel very twisted about what I'm seeing and experiencing, God. But you know what? I'm going to give more authority to you because I know it is you who avenges and you will repay. There is not one word, one deed that will go unnoticed. You see everything and everyone will have to give an account for every unkind, evil word, thought, deed, or action that hasn't been redeemed. We'll have to give an account for all of it. So, Lord, I trust that it is you who will avenge and you will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Again, this is a job for Jesus. You do not feel like doing this, my friends, when people hurt you or hurt the people you love. So be honest with Jesus. I don't feel like forgiving these people. I don't think they deserve it. In fact, I think they're bent on evil. I think they did this maliciously. I think this. I think that. Blah, blah, blah. Be honest. Bring it all before the cross and nail it to the cross, my friends. Allow Jesus' blood, which is sufficient, more than enough to accomplish more than we can ever ask or imagine. It is mine to avenge. I will repay. Okay, Jesus. Then I'm just going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep overcoming evil with good and trust you with the rest. And if there's anything you desire for me to do in this situation or say, or confront, help me to be attentive to that as well. The solution verse for anxiety. Perhaps you've heard this many times. In my opinion, I don't think we can hear this one enough because obviously we're not taking it to heart because we're still anxious people. <laughs> Philippians 4, 5 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, dear God, give us the grace not to be anxious about anything. We pray about everything that bumps us, that tosses us into the darkness of jealousy and unforgiveness. Give us the grace of victory. Help us to behold you. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thank you, Lord for being our sacrificial lamb. Faith comes from hearing and hearing your word, Lord. Give us the grace to hear your word spoken to us today. We learned about three strongholds that start out with an inclination toward sin, separating ourselves from your love, your power, and authority in our lives. We want to come back today. And as we meditate on your sacrifice that was and is complete, for our sins. We thank you for our forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving us. And if there's anything and any unforgiveness in our own life, we pray that you would make that very clear to us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray for attentiveness for any corner within us of unforgiveness toward ourselves or other people around us. We come to you, our great Savior. Save us, Savior of the world. For prior, by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. You are the word of God, and we behold you today. Thank you for our victory, our victory over jealousy 
that walks with envy, our victory over unforgiveness, and our victory over anxiety. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Lord, but you have come to give us life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And give it to us in the full. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give him heaven out there, my friends. It's getting dark. Outshine the darkness. Enjoy your Easter celebration. And behold the Lamb of God. <laughs>